It's Friday evening, it's uh, five o'clock and that can only mean one thing, that's right, it is Sports View, it's uh, Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafty and we'll be with you for the next two hours. Uh, we'll start off, first of all, we'll, we'll have all the usual slots, we'll have uh, Premier League chat, we'll have uh, Rugby View, we'll have uh, Formula One and all the best and all that. So uh, I'd like to start off the show by saying thanks very much to... Uh, to uh, Joe Bambrick for another great show and I'd like to thank you all for tuning in I'd like to thank uh, thank um, Best Drive for their kind sponsorship of the show and uh, as always you can listen to us in many ways you can listen to us on um, you can listen to us on uh, the radio on FM 94.6 on the uh, on the website www.rossfm.ie forward slash live or indeed on the TuneIn app. And as always, we we welcome your participation. So if you have any comments or things like that that you would like to uh, get, you would like us to read out, why not uh, send us a text? And don't forget, uh, if you can listen to us live, the show is uh, podcasted and available on the website. And don't forget, GA View every Thursday from ten from ten o'clock until eleven, and that show is also podcasted and available on uh, on on um, Spotify as well so and uh, there's all the interviews are podcasted and available on AOR Sports Podcasts which is available on Facebook on Twitter and on Instagram so we're going to we're, we're going to do things slightly different this week we're going to start off with the rugby view with myself and of course as always Adrian Eddy and that's coming up after this Hello everyone, how are you doing? You're very welcome to this week's edition of Rugby View with myself, Aidan Rafferty. And of course, as always, we have Adrian Leddy from Craig's Rugby Club. Hello, Adrian. Good afternoon, Aidan. Great to have you on board, as always. So, yeah, plenty plenty to talk to, uh, as always, uh, on Rugby View. And we start off, obviously, with, uh, with, with Craig's Rugby Club. And uh, once again, I read the papers today, and there's more great success for, uh, for at underage level for, the, for Craig's Rugby Club. Yeah, um, the great thing about it is that there's so many teams involved at underage within Craig's at the at the moment that with boys and girls uh, that were were very busy trying to keep keep all sides going. And in fairness, uh, the the coaches uh, and the managers of the teams are fantastic. The amount of time and effort that they're giving them, and the amount of travelling that they have to do. You have uh, you have teams now away in Sligo, away in Ballina, away in Galway, Uachtarard. You know, all, all over the place. So, you know, it, it does take up a, a lot of time as a person that, were, that was involved in mini rugby and youth rugby going back over the years. I know that your whole day is gone uh, when you travel to any of these places. And, you know, all credit to them and credit to their parents and all for giving of, of the time to it. But we are very successful. And I suppose it's it's great to see that there so many of the youth teams uh, coming through and that there's that they're being looked at uh, from the Connacht coaches uh, for development squads and for uh, under 16s, under 18s. Um, we have a number of players, both boys and girls, that have made the team. And last week we had five girls that played on the uh, on the Connacht team at under 18 level uh, against Ulster. And they the under-18 girls actually won uh, against Ulster and they also won against uh, Munster so, and narrowly went down to Leinster. So that was uh, uh, a great uh, thing for Craig's Rugby to have five players for a club that has only got back into uh, ladies' rugby and to have these young girls come, coming through. And it looks good for going going forward again, maybe that in a year or two that we will be able to uh, field the senior t- senior girls team within the club and that's what that, that's uh, that would be the ultimate goal and wouldn't that be great for Craig's Rugby Club because you know we, yourself and myself we've discussed um, you know that years ago there was a uh, there was a very good uh, uh, ladies senior team in, in in our first team uh, in the club as well and uh, that kind of went to the wayside which was a pity so I mean with all these players now with the you know with their experience both with Craig's and of course playing playing with Connacht uh, this this it's great development for them. Um, like as you just said there, in a in a couple of years' time, when and if it does come to the stage where um, you know you you're in a position where those players are are ready to play first team to play first team rugby, um, you know you'll have very you know players that are, that have good experience at underage, and um, I suppose you know see how see how it gets on then when when it comes to cutting their teeth at uh, at the senior level. 
Yeah, just as as you mentioned, uh, our great senior team that we that we had in the club, and I was recently reading our twenty fifth anniversary book, and it was great to see and look back at some of the great stories and the great triumphs that we that we had, uh, particularly uh, against a great Black Rock team, and you know to to beat Black Rock and win both league and cup against um, uh, a team of that strength, and you know that there was a lot of good strong teams in it and Cook in in in, in uh, Ulster had a had a strong team as well. So uh, that time um Craig's uh, uh, was on the Irish stage. We had uh, we we nearly made up the whole kind of team as well uh of of uh, Craig's team with with Craig's players at the at the time. I think uh, there was one of the kind of teams that lined out actually with uh, fourteen uh, uh Craig's players on it. So and we had a number of international caps the people that represented the women's team at international level. And this is what we're we're striving to that where maybe next season we're coming into our 50th anniversary and maybe at that stage that we will have a, a senior women's team up up and running again. And wouldn't it be fantastic to, you know, to, to uh, have uh, that for our 50th anniversary, to have, be able to line out with, a, with a, a, a women's senior team. And as well as that, we, we're doing it a different way around. We're doing it from bottom up this time and having young girls coming through at all levels from mini rugby up through the same strand at youth level as as with the boys and yeah, the, before we started at, at senior level and, and then we had no structure underneath uh, for replacements and that's how it, it fell away at the t- at this time. So we're, we're doing it right this time. We have learned from our mistakes and hopefully that we will have a, a strong women's team within Craig's. That's it. And of course, the, the great thing about uh, the mini rugby in Craig's is there's no boys and gir- boys one side and girls the other side. They both, they both train together. And, you know, from seeing them, from seeing them training and that, they really, they really enjoy the training sessions with Craig's Rugby Club. And I think that's down to, um, the, the great work, as you just said, that the, the club, that the coaches do at, at mini rugby level. That's, uh, because I suppose, you know, the, the, the kids like to, like to play rugby, but they, it, for kids of that age it has to be fun as well to kind of keep them involved Yes, and uh, every Saturday morning at, at, at 10 o'clock, they all assemble. They're all being dropped off there in Craigslist, nearly like a bus station with uh, so many cars and youngsters being, being dropped off in, in, in Craigs. But they, they all look forward to it and the enjoyment, uh, that they get out of, out of, uh, playing there on a, on a Saturday morning, both, both boys and girls. So, you know, it's, it's great to see that enjoyment and, you know, it's growing all the time. Like we're, you know, we're anywhere between 100 and 200 at, at various times as the season goes on like there's uh, um, like say it has only started up the last couple of weeks and it's 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 fantastic to see over 100 uh, players already um, have uh, joined up and that they're with, for, with the club that's great and that's good that's great to see as well and uh, I suppose at the underage level with the boys as well uh, what's the situation there things are going well on that section as well Oh, very much so. Yeah, like as I said, uh, you know, I watched uh, uh, under fourteen game uh, the, the other day against uh, Corinthians, and you know, the, the, we have great uh, talent at under fourteen, under fifteen level. We're fielding two under fifteen teams. Uh, you know, trying to get out another sixteen, another eighteen team now as well. And you know, it's it's uh, there's a bit of work in in uh, as as lads get older to and with since COVID. To try and get all these teams and that there together again. So hopefully that we will be able to field it under 16 and under 18 level and the, the coaches are making every effort to get the numbers out. And as well as that, that our senior coaches, um, are helping out, uh, particularly the under 18 players that the, the new policy within the club that they're first and seconds and under 18s and that they're training together during the week. So they learn off one another and they have them training along with the senior players is, is a great experience and that they're for them as well. And that's it. Like, and through that as well, there's, it's like a, a, nearly a mentorship because I suppose the, the, the first team players will be taking the, the underage players, the under 18 players under their wings and like maybe giving them bits of, giving them bits and pieces of advice here and there. Or, you know, if the, if an under 18 player needs a bit of advice or has questions, you know, that the, the first team players take, uh, take time out to, 
take them aside and give them the advice, and that that's that's vital for their for their uh, development. Yeah, and the players are very willing to to help out and help out at underage level. And you know, Brian Diffley, the the captain, leads leads by example in 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 helping out at lower levels uh, within the club. He's a great ambassador for rugby, a great ambassador for Craig's, and is absolutely uh, the all the youngsters in that there uh, look up to him. And we had a recent South South African signing within the club as well, and he he is already throwing his weight in behind helping out at, at underage level and it was amazing watching down the 14s how, how they look up to him and the new voice uh, coming in um, the, and the experience of, of somebody like that is is uh, you know is untold how the help in the development of a of a young player and and getting them coached properly and the proper techniques and so on for, for rugby and of course that takes us nicely on to the first team and the development team uh, unfortunately the Cali Cup didn't go as well as uh, as we had hoped but uh, a lot learned from the games Oh, very much so. Yeah, like as I said, they we this year uh, we are targeting the the Connacht League is our number one priority. Uh, we want we want that league badly. Uh, we have to, uh, and all our efforts are going there. But the Collie Cup is a great uh, way of uh, introducing players back into the game, and uh, for our new coaching team to to have a look at players there, and they had a big big enough squad. Uh, they you know. A lot of players was coming and going between Gaelic and and, and rugby over the last couple of weeks. So well, our panel was a bit uh, was missing a number of players on on at the weekend against Westport. But in fairness, it was a good, hard, tough game. Uh, a typical junior junior game uh, played in the right in the good spirits, and you know it was it was fantastic. And at the end of the day, Craig's uh, pressed on very strong in the end and just uh, came up short um, uh, um, trying a conversion seven points um, we we lost out by but you know, we're not disheartened by it because for the last uh, three years uh, we have won the Collie Cup and have lost out in the league so the concentration now is uh, for Sunday for Saturday week against uh, Chum and the following week against Connemara both games are at home in, in Craig's and that is the, that is the priority now to to lo- looking and planning for these particularly two hard games like Chum uh, are a, a formidable side as well they have done extremely well um, last season and they're started off well this, this year as well so there'll be no pushover and they're a tough it'll be tough uh, forward battles uh, with, with Chum and we all know what Connemara can 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 bring um, and having them at home in Craig's is an is an advantage and hopefully that our lads uh, will will be up for it in in Craig's and as regards the development side uh, they will be starting their first game um, next week as well where this is a free weekend this weekend and um, you know next week next weekend uh, uh, they they will be lining out and again it's a lot of the players there. Uh, would have got experience playing for the first team and it's going to be great now to with with that experience having played with the first team now to play with the second development side um they'll, they'll have gained a lot over over the last couple of weeks and i suppose you you know with those development players that uh, as you said were have a bit of experience with playing for the first teams maybe maybe the other t- maybe the other players that didn't weren't lucky enough to play uh with the first team yet um maybe it's maybe they can look at the players that did play and say well that that's uh, something that's possible for us if we you know if if we put if we put in the hard work um you never know as you know in, in these situations the first team managers always keep a, an eye on the development sides and who knows if uh, if someone impresses in a game or does well at training um the the might the players mightn't realize it but they they'd, they'd be in the the minds of uh of the first team manager and uh, with a new management and te- with a new management team in place um that's something that that could be very po- that can be very um possible you know in, in that and because it, it gives people people a new chance and i suppose you know for, from a planning point, point of view as you said lo- looking through looking at the the league games over the next couple of weeks from a planning perspective um the fact that the first two games are at home that's key. That's kind of key, maybe to try and get 
um, to try and get points on the on the board uh, for when it comes to playing matches on the road as well. You you know that they'll uh, they'll have those wins behind them and it, it'll give them a better scope going forward then for the rest of the season. It's just about getting that 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 win and start to the season. That's what's key. Yeah, and uh, you know the advantage at home is having the four G pitch, having the great standard uh, of uh, of underfoot conditions, and our players have got used to it, and it helps to speed up the the game considerably. And you know you're you're right in saying that you know there is uh, some of the players that would have played with the development squad last year now having played for the first team, they are definitely have have their hand up uh, for a place on our first team. So uh, the new coaching team and and the selectors will will have their work cut out in in putting out the best side uh, against Tume on on Saturday week. So like we you know as I say that that's that's the great benefit of having uh, a lot of new talent coming through a new players there to 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 work off and uh, let's let's hope that uh, we can uh, go on from strength to strength and take out um, you know get the games uh, two wins at home against Chum and Calamara and that as you rightly say would give us a great start uh, to this current season and moving on to things away from uh, Craig's Rugby Club now and just just before we go on to um Buccaneers and uh, and Carrick, um, you uh, someone you, yourself and I both know well. Um, uh, Gerald Williamson, he's the the founder or he's the creator of the AIL Facebook page, and he does a great job. Um, it's it's all about you know local clubs and grassroots leading up to senior level and the and the AIL as well. Which is great, and it, it was nice. It was nice to hear from him that uh, you know he listens to this podcast a lot, and he he enjoys it. And uh, you know, so I was kind of telling him that if he has any, if him or any of the other members on the um, on the on the page have any anything any matters they want us to raise, then that we can discuss in them. But he did make one more one point there, and uh, I was talking about it to you off air uh, about the scrum. Uh, you know, not going down the channels where it's supposed to. Or it's uh, it's supposed to speed up the game, isn't it? The the reason behind that. Well, Ger, uh, the, the manager Wiggins um, uh, is is a great club man himself. He's uh, from Navan Rugby Club. Uh, uh, the no Ger for some years now, and he's he must eat sleep uh, rugby because like he the amount of coverage he gives to all the clubs all over the country. I know that he picks it up from all over the place, but in fairness, he puts it all together, and it's there for everybody to to read and to to catch up on on what other clubs are, are doing, and he was. He was a tremendous help to uh, Craig's Rugby Club uh, during our our draw. He gave it great publicity uh, on 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 his program or on uh, throughout on social media. And you know we want to thank him for that. And in relation to the point that he's making there in relation to scrums, there you know there's a lot of debate over this that it's. Uh, it's uh, holding up play quite a bit. Um, the resetting of scrums, the referees, some of them can be very fussy in, in relation to getting this, the, the scrums right. And the one thing is that a lot of the TV cameras and uh, um, they, they want to speed up the game. And on a lot of occasions, they, they feed into the scrum. Uh, it's supposed to be straight down between the two hookers, but uh, a lot of times there's such a twist put on the ball going into the scrum that it basically ends up in the second row. Uh, so that is to try and, and speed up the game and trying to get the ball away quicker from the scrum. But as I said, don't know how Callahan was making a lot of points of how, how slow uh, certain things is with the game in, in relation to uh, looking at the professional game and the delays on the, not alone with the scrum, but with water breaks and the TMO, um, how long it's taken that games, games are going on for far too long now. And they, you know, for television and for spectators, they, they need to look at that in order to speed up the games. That's it. And uh, moving on to uh, Buccaneers Rugby Club and, uh, of course, Carrick Rugby Club. And, uh, of course, as we know, the Buccaneers Rugby team, under-20s, are, are are in the Leinster League now. And uh, a few Connacht teams as well, you, we were saying, that over the last couple of weeks are, are, are kind of in it as well. But that, that, that's a very good, um, that's a good, very good way for the under-20s to develop, to be in, in, uh, to, uh, you know, that's playing that standard of rugby playing in the Leinster League where there are a lot of top quality sides at that level. 
Buccaneers uh, first team uh, travelled to Armagh last weekend uh, to play in the AIL. This was their their first game after winning uh, the Connacht League against Sligo. Uh, they they just came up short. In fact, they made a great comeback no more than they did against Sligo. They they were actually nearly twenty points down, and they they came back within uh, two points of 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 Armagh. And they were unlucky to to lose out in the end. But at least they got a point out of the game coming away from Armagh. And it's it's probably when they were going up there, it's probably as much as they they, they expected because they are going up another division uh, this season in 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 the IL. And this weekend um, they take on Old Wesley so again that would be a, 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 a tough game for them as well and as you mentioned the under-20s the under-20s this is the final uh, this is the final weekend of the qualifiers of the four teams to, to get into the Leinster League of, of what status and what division of the of the Leinster League that they will that they will go into um, so the four game the, the, the yeah the two games in that there will be will be will be taking place and the the clubs involved will be the uh, Buccaneers, Corinthians, uh, Galwegians, and um, and College. So, like them two games, uh, will will have a, a big bearing on where where they sit now when the the Leinster uh, league come up. And it's great that you know the, these teams can can play in uh, in in the Leinster league. And uh, you know, um, the the actually the the Connacht development league for the under twenties. You know, it's a very close contest, and even at our meeting, uh, there was three teams. Uh, it could go anyway this this weekend uh, uh, for the, for the particular clubs. So, uh, moving on then to our other neighbouring club of Carrick and Shannon, they were they were out in the in the Curly Cup uh, against uh, Ballyhonis away. Ballyhonis would be a higher division and playing strong strong rugby. Um, Ballyhonis um, came out on top against uh, Carrick and Shannon. On there and again, um, you know, Carrick is improving all the time. They're uh, getting get, getting a lot more players back to, uh, this season, and you know, they again they're relying very work very closely no more than ourselves with the local uh, GA clubs uh, to with with players. So yeah, as the season wears on, uh, Carrick. Uh, will be will be a stronger club and their underage uh, is uh, very good as well. Like they're they're putting a lot of of effort into underage and and youth teams now as well in Carrick. That's it. And uh, moving on to Connacht itself, um, what are your thoughts on uh, that? You know, the, looking back at last weekend for Connacht and looking ahead to this weekend, and also yeah, the how they've done. Well, I think we'll, we'll, we won't spend too much time at, at looking back. Uh, uh, South Africa, the two games in South Africa didn't go well. They were bullied out, but they were, you know, they gave away very uh, soft tries against the Bulls. And uh, you'd have to question a lot of Connors' defence on, on the day. And they've made a lot of changes now for uh, tonight's game, uh, Friday night against, uh, against uh, Munster. And, you know, we, this is a game, a must win game for, for Connacht. It's basically, I suppose, a must win game for both teams, but uh, neither Munster nor, nor Connacht have been going well, um, this year. Munster got a win under their belt last week, but, uh, narrowly missed out on, on the bonus point win. But Connacht, uh, have had no points to the bottom of the table, um, at this stage. So, um, they're out in the sports ground. They, on, on their new pitch, um, you know, new 4G pitch there for, for, and, you know, let's hope that, uh, Connacht can, can bring, uh, their, their game that we know, uh, to the table on, on, uh, to, tonight in, in the sports ground. Uh, it's, it's a change team. They've made a, a lot of changes from the from the and a lot of positional changes uh, since the um, the the two games in South Africa and it's great to be able to welcome back our old half uh, Jack Carty uh, this weekend and also uh, Dennis Buckley is in the starting team as well so Jack and and Dennis will will line out against Munster um, uh, as well so that's that's great to have the two lads there and. Let's let's hope that um, that it can go well for them. That's it, and that that was a point as well, actually, that Gerald Williamson made as well. He was saying about how, how very impressed he is with the uh, with the new with the new pitch. And can, can you see, like you know, with the four G pitch, 
uh, being put into uh, the sports ground in Galway, do, does that kind of help their, their Connacht style of play when it comes to playing home games? I suppose obviously it depends on the quality of, of oppositions to a certain extent, but maybe, you know, the way like some pitches are kind of fast allow for a fast a fast game or, you know, some pitches might be heavy and, and slow the game down. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, uh, that, that's the whole reason behind uh, putting in the, the 4G pitch into the sports ground because uh, the type of game that the coaches want Connor to play is uh, from the days of Pat Lamb is a very fast game and to, to move move the ball uh, fast because we haven't uh, near as strong a pack as uh, most other teams have and therefore we have to try and keep the ball moving and not get bogged down in, um, in uh, a forward fight up up front so it's just a case of getting it away from scrums and rooks and malls as, as quickly as possible and get, uh, getting the support players there but yeah you know, there's a lot to in in that game as well, and you know that that's where we got caught out in in previous games that we were throwing the ball maybe around too much, and uh, you know not watching where we were passing the ball, and then uh, getting caught out in defence when we would lose the ball as well. So uh, we have, you know, there's one thing about fast ball and and an attacking play, but the other thing is you can't forget about that you have to defend as well. The defend is equally as important as as in 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 attack. So hopefully they kind of can bring that type of a game uh, to, together, both in in attack and in defence. And uh, kind of coming on to the the international stage now as well, uh, I suppose for the men's and the women's teams. Obviously, as we know, it's 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 getting toward you know it's it's we're in October now. Um, the as I keep saying every every week, the um, the November internationals is coming up. Uh, what are your thoughts, kind of maybe on uh, on Andy Farrell's preparations ahead of that? Um, you know, he, he probably had certain ideas or, you know, who's going to be in it or who's going to be in the starting 15. Um, obviously that the, the whole idea of the November internationals is to give fringe players a chance as well, but also, you know, with the six nations in mind, kind of finalizing, you know, getting to tweak the finer points and maybe possibly his starting 15 when it comes to the six nations. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you see, these are great games for for Andy Farrell to see, and I'm sure he'll be taking a keen eye on the the uh, the kind of monster game tonight, and you know, watching you know maybe potential players coming through, and uh, and you know maybe people that might put their hand up uh, to to get into the um, the Irish team, and uh, the, from from both squads, and the same with uh, Leinster and Munster, and the, you know we we have we have this game again. Against uh, Munster tonight, we have uh, Leinster next weekend. So these are, are home games that are easy to watch and see the players up against one another. They are the big provincial sides uh, within within Ireland, the four teams, and you know they're the the nucleus of where all the players and that there comes from. And by keeping uh, players in Ireland uh, uh, within the within the particular provinces, all the internationals now are back, uh, barring injury. Uh, they're they're all back from their uh the uh, from their break that they had after playing away in New Zealand against the All Blacks uh, so uh, the rest period is over for them and now they get these games under the belt before the international games in in November and of course is there anything going on on the ladies uh, the ladies rugby team scene no, well, just on the men's game too, like the emerging team uh, is playing out in South Africa at the present time. They have played two uh, two sides, two provincial sides there, and they have one final game left. Um, they, they had... Uh, they had an easy win in the first game and the second game there the uh last night uh, it was a very a very uh, close game um uh, it was um, you know they they started off uh, uh you know that they were going to win it well but then the the opposition and that there came back uh, at them and then they have one final game uh, left before they come home and again uh, you know some some players uh, are, are showing great promise uh, there as well so it's it's a good exercise it's a good team building exercise uh, for the Irish squad. And in relation to the the women, uh, the women at the moment is uh, um, it, 
AIL is uh, is in full flight. So uh, once the AIL is uh, over, they they probably will uh, have a number of squad sessions again before before they they have maybe a few friendlies um, at international level. So that's great. Plenty for for uh, rugby fans to look forward to around Ireland, and uh, you know, especially for for people to follow grassroots and junior clubs as well, and AIL. Uh, there's plenty of action as well as the the four provinces in the URC. So, listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to do uh, to do rugby view with us, and we look forward to doing it again next week. Thanks very much, Aidan. No problem. Thanks very much, and that was Adrian uh, Letty from Craig's Rugby Club going through all things rugby. Hello everyone and you're very welcome back to Friday Sport with myself Aidan Raftery and the show is as always kindly sponsored by Best Drive here in Roscommon Town so we'd like to thank them for their kind sponsorship. Well uh, yeah we're back now and we're going to uh, we're going to set, we're going to have a Premier League chat but I'd just like to say a big thank you to everyone who donated. Um, I'm, I'm a member of Family Carers Ireland. Uh, I look after my dad so uh, today is um, or this weekend actually it's uh, Family Awareness uh, Family Carers Ireland Awareness so uh, if you want to donate to Family Carers Ireland um, I have uh, a box with, uh, with gold hearts uh, gold heart badges or, sorry heart of gold badges so if anyone would like to donate they can come up to me and uh, or get in contact with me and I can uh, and they can make a donation and they can give them one or else there's um, if you go on to uh, Friday Sport the Friday Sport Facebook app there's uh, our Facebook um page there is a, a QR code, uh, there's information on it there and you can donate. So I'd like to thank uh, a few people here, I'd like to thank Joe Bambrick, uh, Bernie and uh, everyone, and also everyone that donated this morning, uh, I was outside Roscommon Mart, so thanks very much for everyone who has made a donation so far. So, uh, yes Martin, uh, it's uh, that time of week again where we're, uh, we're going to be going through the results and uh, the fixtures and of course uh, our predictions, but uh, <coughs> yeah yeah, we, we, we won't say too much about that until, until the end. So, okay. so, so, so some interesting, and also in, in uh, Europe as well. Yeah, so the... Yeah. So the results from last weekend, uh, Arsenal 3, Tottenham 1, Bournemouth 0, Brentford 0, Crystal Palace 1, Chelsea 2, Fulham 1, Newcastle 4, Liverpool 3, Brighton 3, Southampton 1, Everton 2, West Ham 2, Wolves 0, Man City 6, Man United 3, Leeds 0, Aston Villa 0, and there on Monday, Leicester 4, Nottingham Forest 0. So Aidan, you only got 2 out of 10, I got 5 out of 10, so now stretching the lead, Aidan is on 1, I am on 4. So we'll just uh, talk about, I suppose, the, the main games, uh, I suppose, over the weekend. Uh, Arsenal, Tottenham first, or Arsenal 3, Tottenham 1, the Gunners were the better team throughout the throughout and could not uh, sense a small piece of revenge against Spurs for taking the Champions League spot from them last season. Party opened the scoring for Arsenal with a superb shot from outside the box but a silly penalty given away by Gabriel gave Kane the opportunity to break records again. First player to score 100 way goals in the Premiership. It took Kane 147 games to complete this beating Wayne Rooney's record of 97 goals in 243 games. So he's well ahead of the the posse there. Um, and I do think about Haaland might be too far from breaking that soon. He won't be, uh, and yeah. I suppose, look, looking at that Arsenal team now, are there any... To, to, to add to the records, Kane is now the leading goal scorer in London derbies in the Premier League with 44 goals, uh, overtaking Henri. Uh, Jesus, Jesus restored Arsenal's lead in the 49th minute as the Gunners dominated and then Royal was shown a straight red for a dangerous foul on Martinelli. As Conte attempted to bring on subs, Shaka uh, finished well from just inside the penalty area and that finished Spurs. Spurs fans will be concerned as Conte's uh, team not playing good football while Arteta will be happy with the way his squad are competing and it knows he knows it's a long season where they know they will be tested like previous seasons uh, and where they have fallen. Maybe this side is maturing and growing in strength and character. Outcome of a match for Liverpool this weekend will probably tell us. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. But I suppose, sorry for uh, cutting across you that time, uh, Martin. Uh, but looking at the Arsenal squad now, with the, you know the signings they've made, have those signings made a difference, or where would you say they would have? Made well, a they difference? they have. I mean, 
I mean, Jesus is the, the outstanding signing, really, you know. He'd be uh, the replacement for Aubameyang. Yeah, it? and there was other, some other players that's come through as well. Some players were on, uh, like, um, um, what's his name in the defence? Uh, Saliba, I think his name is. Um, and so the, the, they've seemed to have grown in strength, even though the, the, the team is young. But look, it's early days. I mean, you look at Man City and you look at Arsenal and you think there's miles, miles, miles a gap there. Um, even at Liverpool not playing well, you still have to look at the strength of the squad. Yeah. So it's it's early days. I don't think they're fooling themselves, though. Um, OK, they had a good win at Tottenham. I was surprised that Tottenham didn't play better myself. But look, looking at Tottenham there as well, do you think, like, with all the signings they have made... Do you, with the well, I mean, I think even up to that game, people were saying that they're, they're just kind of getting past certain games, yeah. you know, uh, and not killing off teams. So, um, to many, it wasn't a surprise that Arsenal won, but I thought Spurs would turn up. They, they on technically on paper, they've got a stronger squad. Mm. They've, they've brought some really good players. Yeah. But they just seem to be off the the ball at the moment. Similar to last season as well. They were at the beginning of the season. So they they could come good yet like they did last season. So it's hard to tell with them. But um, there is a bit of pressure going on there because there is some people that believe that the football they're playing isn't that attractive. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you see, like, when you see, the, when you see the squad on paper, or the, the, I suppose the... the you know the starting eleven. The, yeah, that's uh, the regular starting eleven. Shall I put it? Uh, you know what the, the the players that you you see in that team, especially in attack. Been, yeah, especially in attack. There would be there would have been. Yeah, players. I was I was a bit worried about their attack. I was thinking, you know, that that could cause any team. And we know Arsenal's record at poor defending sometimes, and they did give a penalty away, which was a silly penalty as well. So should have really kept a clean slate. Is it, is it a case that maybe teams are wising up to Spurs? I don't think so. Yeah. No, I don't think that uh, that's it. Because it's just the, it's just the far cause I think a lot of teams have wised up to Arsenal over the seasons as well. Yeah. Um, and they're going with a game plan, you know, and often Arteta in the past hasn't had a, a plan B. So it's early days. I'm not. I'm definitely not getting carried away because yeah. I'm kind of enjoying watching Man City and Haaland at the moment. So I suppose Arsenal at the moment, they're doing better than most people expected, but we know it's a long season. That's it. Um, we've been beaten by Man United when they were not playing well. Probably shouldn't have lost that one. Yeah. M- many would argue probably should have won it. But uh, we'll see, we'll see. It's early days. But anyway, another game there was a London derby. Crystal Palace 1, Chelsea 2. Former Palace player Conor Gallagher came off the bench to grab Graham Potter's first win for Chelsea in the 90th minute. So uh, playing against his old uh, team. So uh, a bit of a kick in the stomach for Palace. Uh, uh, Edward uh, had put Palace uh, in the lead on seven minutes, but Palace fans will remember the match around... Uh, the 32nd minute when Chelsea Silver slipped when being pressured by um, Palace's Ayu and as he fell twice he attempted to push the ball away from Ayu with his hand which he did uh, the referee booked Silver but the Palace, prote- Palace players and the manager protested that this should have been a straight red uh, because it was preventing a clear and obvious goal opportunity uh, VAR agreed with the referee's decision uh, it's a close one personally I think the yellow was right punishment as it was around the halfway line it was not a clear run on goal by Ayu as there was a Chelsea defender in line with play who possibly could have intercepted Ayu as well en route to goal so I think it was a tough one I think the referee got it right and I think VAR got it right but I could understand because we don't we don't see what happens if it didn't happen, was well, so it like I mean, if if it was obviously if it was further, if it was, it was further, further down up, the pitch yeah. towards the penalty box, I think uh, good chance it would have been. Red. But again, it depends on where that last defender. It, 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 there's no doubt that the, the defender, I think he was on the left, could have possibly intercepted. And I didn't have a straight run. He was kind of uh, going. To, kind of slightly away to the line yeah. so it wasn't clear and obvious so I think the, the, the rule's quite clear it has to be clear and obvious opportunity on goal but uh, anyway uh, Abangian scored on his debut to level for the Blues as well so a good start for him um, Liverpool 3 Brighton 3 so an interesting game Aiden. I'm sure you watched this one uh, 
Leandro Trussard scored a hat-trick as Brighton marked new coach Roberta Di Zebra or Zerbis uh, W with a usually entertaining and battling draw against Liverpool at Anfield. The Seagulls had raced into a two-goal lead after just 17 minutes. Uh, Klopp's pool, uh, Liverpool looked rusty. Firmino scored in 33 minutes, though, to pull him back in and uh, uh, and it started the Liverpool fight back um, and it took VAR to give a goal after initially being ruled offside as well. So, uh, you know, VAR does have its positives because yeah. uh, it was onside. Uh, Firmino uh, drew pool level nine minutes after the break and uh, most felt that Reds would soon take the lead and probably go on to win and maybe score more goals, uh, which they did on the 63rd minutes. So Webster own goal, again, pressured uh, from Firmino. Uh, the comeback complete, but Trussard had not finished and scored his hat-trick on 83 minutes. Paul now conceded the first goal uh, in five of their seven Premier League games this season. This is Liverpool's poorest start for eight years, gaining only 10 points after seven matches. Exactly the same in the season of 2014 and 15 when they only finished sixth under Brendan Rodgers. Klopp does not seem to know at the moment how to resolve this uh, problem. Uh, new boss, uh, boss for Brighton, uh, De Zerbi, has taken over a well-oiled machine as regards the attractive attacking, attacking play Brighton bring, showing well uh, how well Graham Potter had done in a time on the coast. But I suppose really though, Martin, you know, uh, over the last number of years... Um, since they've been in the Premier League they've always proved they've always given Liverpool problems Liverpool never found it easy against them and mm. I think you know this is this is a, a classic example of that yeah well Brighton are a good team That's they've, what, they've yeah. only been beaten once I think this season and I think that was Fulham and they probably deserved at least a draw in that game So, and that one when Fulham was uh, really buzzing so they are a tough nut they play very good football yeah. they've, got, they've got some brilliant players in that team yeah. we've seen that before and of course, uh, Graham Potter's gradually brought them up, you know, from, you know, where sometimes they were competing near the relegation zone, but he brought the, he's brought them up and he's left them in good stead, really. Um, so hopefully the new manager can take that on. From what I gather, he's not tinkering around too much. He's more or less the same as before. Well, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Exactly, it? Yeah. yeah. So another big game, I suppose, the game that most people were talking about over the weekend, Man City 6, Man United 3. Haaland has scored uh, three hat-tricks just in eight games. The previous quickest three hat-tricks in the Premiership was held by Michael Owen. It took him 48 games to get to that point. Haaland, three hat-tricks in three consecutive home games is a Premier League record. 17 goals now in 11 starts now for the incredible Norwegian striker. Even Foden uh, required a match ball after the game with his hat-trick. And even here, Haaland cannot be stopped assisting in two of Foden's goals. Probably a little consolation, but Man United did actually win the second half uh, 3-2. But uh, maybe the accelerator, the foot had been taken off the accelerator by then by the City players. This match was the highest amount of goals in the 188th Manchester Manchester Derby with no goals. No surprise with the marauding Viking Haaland on the rampage. Den Hag had been criticised for not starting uh, Casemiro, who I think would have been perfect for this game. The match, his, the match his experience could have helped and he lacked being more attack-minded as well. Um, De Hag and he didn't even give Ronaldo a start he did uh, he did appear to not have the answers um, maybe no manager has the answers for the, the way Man City are playing at the moment um, and who what team's going to stop uh, Pep winning a fifth title in six years Aidan what do you think that's it and I mean look you see the thing is you, we were saying there about uh, about Haaland there and like we were talking off air about like how do you stop him mm. but I think that the, the thing is it's it, it, it's like when he gets the ball that's when he does the damage so I think is it, it, it's a, probably a case of you know the quality of the, the quality of ball he gets has you know that that's what helps, and then like obviously what he what he does when he gets the ball. So maybe it's a point that maybe it's figuring out how to stop the ball, how to stop that quality mm. pass, that quality final pass into him. But also another point you made as well was 
he's all not only is he scoring, but he's also he also Sister. has assists. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's kind of how do you square that? How do you square yeah. the circle? He's not your typical centre forward though, in many ways because um, he's got speed. Yeah, and he's manoeuvre really. You know, he, he'll ju- twist and turn very quickly and very hard of the defender to mark him then when it's like that. Yeah. And because he's what six foot five or six, whatever height he is. He's got that flexibility. He's got that mobility. It's very hard for a defender to keep on top of him. Yeah. Um, and I think it's down to a lot of it because of the speed and his movement. If you ever watch him play, yeah. you very rarely see him being tackled. Yeah. Very rarely. He's moving all the time. And when you're moving like that, if a defender goes to stop you then, there's a good chance you're going to give a penalty away. So they're trying to keep up with him, but he changes direction like a, a small fella would yeah. do. So it's very hard to keep on top of him. Um, you'd nearly need a defender who's as fast as him, nearly, in the mobility. And, and defenders tend not to be like that. Yeah, they can read the game, but they're, they're, they're always going to be that split second behind that forward because he's making that move. And when he moves, he moves quickly. That's it. And that's the hard thing, I and think. If he, gets, if he gets around you, he's gone, and that's it, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you need a, a, a defender on his day to be really on the ball. And the only people I can think of possibly could do the job, and he's not playing well at the moment, is Van Dyke. Yeah. But anyway, we'd better move on to the Champions League. Um, Group A there on Tuesday, Liverpool 2, Rangers 0. Group D, Tottenham 0, Eintracht Frankfurt 0. Then on Wednesday, we had... Um, Group E, Chelsea, a comfortable win for Graham Potters. Uh, Chelsea 3, AC Milan 0. And then Group G, Man City carried on where they left off, scoring goals. Man City 5, FC Copenhagen 0. Uh, that man, Haaland, scored two more goals. I think he was taken off bef- at half-time, so there's no chance of another hat-trick. To give, it, to give the other team a chance. Okay, yeah. Uh, Europa League on Thursday, Arsenal 3, Bodo Glimp 0. And Ammonia Nicosia Two Man United three. So the games this week coming up in the Champions League, they're coming thick and fast. Tuesday, uh, we've got AC Milan uh, v Chelsea, FC Copenhagen v Man City. Man City are virtually qualified already. Uh, Rangers v Liverpool. That'd be interesting, but you can't, well, <laughs> you, you never know, but um, it's not a straightforward game for Liverpool. Uh, Antoine Frankfurt v Tottenham. Uh, pressure's on a bit of Tottenham there. Europa League uh, on Thursday. Bola Glimp v Arsenal. And then Man United v uh, Ammonia Nicosia. Uh, so let's get on to this week's fixtures, Aidan. Uh, coming up on Saturday. This is technically round nine of fixtures. Uh, so on Saturday we've got Bournemouth. Bournemouth v um, Leicester. Bournemouth for 13th at the moment um, on 9 points Leicester on 4 points they've only met time, 10 times in the Premier Cherry's not lost at home to the Foxes in the Premiership Foxes have lost all 4 of their away matches this season Cherry's unbeaten in 4 matches but the Foxes had their first win of the season in the Premier last week at home against Forest um, Bournemouth v Leicester Leicester still 2nd from bottom but they've, uh, they were the last team to uh, who hadn't won a game. So now they've uh, registered their first win. Maybe they're turning the corner. Uh, Bournemouth v Leicester, Aidan. I'm going to go for a draw on this one. OK. Uh, I will do the same, Aidan. And then we've got Chelsea, who are fifth at the moment on 13 points, against Wolves, who are 18th at the moment on six points. So... Uh, both games last season ended in draws. Blues have never lost to Wolves at home in the eight premiership matches played at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Wolves have only won three matches of the 16 matches played in the Premier v Chelsea. But Wolves undefeated against Blues in the last four matches. One win and three draws. Chelsea unbeaten at home. Uh, Chelsea unbeaten at home this season. Two wins and a draw. Potter has a big job to do as well as handle the pressure, but two London derby wins in the Premiership plus a comfortable Champions League win over AC Milan, Graham Potter could bring the Blues back to their best. Wolves have not won any of their four away matches this season, losing three, drawing one. Wolves have only scored one goal away so far this season, and Wolves could find themselves 
in the bottom of the Premiership come Monday evening if they lose and other teams around them win. Um, so, uh, Chelsea, Wolves. I'm going to go for a Chelsea win on that one. Okay, I'll do. I think really with with uh, for uh, for Wolves all the chopping and changing kind of similar to Watford last season or that all the chopping and changing the managers doesn't help either it doesn't help with the consistency but you'd have to say um, you'd have to say Chelsea yeah yeah Chelsea then we've got Man City uh, second at the moment on twenty points it's kind of strange actually thinking they're second because you nearly think they'd be top mm. um, against Southampton who are sixteenth at the moment on only on seven points. Saints managed not to lose to the Sky Blues last season with two draws. Only three other teams managed that last season, Aiden. Can you name them teams? I love putting Aiden on the spot here live on the show. But what three teams did not uh, manage not to avoid uh, a defeat to Man City last season besides Southampton? Liverpool. Correct. Good start. Uh, Chelsea. Nope. No, two London clubs. Two, uh, Brentford. I don't know. No. <laughs> uh, Arsenal. No. Go on. Right, Spurs and Palace. Spurs oh, actually beat them twice, Fair and play. I think Palace might have beaten them twice as well. Last time Saints won in the Premier Premier V City was 18 years ago. That was before you were born, Aiden. Yeah. Uh, Saints only one win in the last 12 Premiership meetings. City winning eight of them. Saints have lost three on the trot after beating Chelsea but the teams they have lost to Wolves Villa and Everton are or were teams also struggling at the wrong end of the table so it's not sending out a good message for Wolves at the moment Man City only uh, unbeaten side in the Premiership in fact of the whole English league now uh, this season and they have won all four home matches so far this season City unbeaten in the last 20 Premiership matches in fact, only one defeat in the last 35 matches. City, the highest goal scorers at home this season with 20 goals in four matches. So, Aiden, you're going for Southampton? That's right, yeah. I'll go for City. <laughs> <laughs> I know, City. <laughs> um, city, yeah. So, next game, we've got Newcastle. Seventh at the moment, 11 points against Brentford, who are tenth with 10 points. So, uh, Toons took four points off, the, uh, off their first Premiership meetings with the Bees last season, although this match was a 3 all draw in November last year. Toons undefeated at home this season, three draws and one win. Toons only one defeat in ma- eight matches this season, unlucky to lose to Liverpool away. Bees no wins away this season. They've drawn three, lost one. Newcastle Brentford. There's only uh, one point between them at the moment. I'm still going to go for uh, Newcastle. I like the way they're playing uh, this season. Yeah, I agree, Aidan. I'll go with that as well. And then on the next game, we've got uh, Brighton, who are fourth at the moment on 14 points, uh, against Tottenham, who are third on 17 points. Interesting game. An away win for each team last season. Seagulls under the magic of Potter won 1-0 away at Stamford Bridge back in April. Seagulls unbeaten at home this season. Two wins and one draw. Seagulls uh, have the equal best home defence uh, with Leeds and Everton only conceding two goals. Uh, that's interesting stat, isn't it, Aiden? Yeah, for you. You'd think it'd be someone like Man City, maybe even Arsenal or something like that. Uh, Brighton only one defeat so far this season. Potter leaving was a huge loss for the Brighton club and fans, but the new guy at the helm, Roberto De Zerbi, was welcomed by a fighting performance by his players with a free draw at Liverpool. Conte, after de- after defeat, topped uh, to the top old enemies, Arsenal, last weekend, will demand a positive response from his players. But they have only one Premiership uh, match away this season. Uh, they've only won one Premiership match sorry, away this season, and uh, that was for the bottom club, not uh, Nottingham Forest. So, uh, Brighton v Tottenham. I'd be interested in what you got on this one, Aidan. Tottenham. Oh, Tottenham and Tottenham. Brian v Tottenham.